Today's podcast is sponsored by Dreams by Design Travel. Dreams by Design wants your vacation to be a happy adventure where families can have fun together. They believe that a magical vacation begins with careful planning, and that is exactly what you will receive with this authorized Disney vacation planner. Remember, services are free, and make sure to tell your travel planner that the Disney Parks podcast sent you. So visit dreamsbydesigntravel.com today. In today's show, we've got news about Disney getting rid of those dreaded, mean, old, nasty plastic straws. Shanghai is getting a six-month pass. And this week's trivia and so much more all in today's Disney Parks Podcast. Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast with your hosts, Tony Castlenova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com and Park Hopper John from WDWParkHoppers.com. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times. And get ready for the Disney Parks Podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey, Lou. How you doing? Good, how you? So, uh, because of my uh, Silver Pass status, I was not able to be a part of the amazing Sweat Sweat Fest of 2018 over at uh, Toy Story Land, but uh, we had the meetup. Yeah, we so did. So how'd the meetup go? It was good. We had uh, we had some new people. We did. I saw the picture. We had some returning sweet pe- peoples, uh, which was good. So uh, we had a you know it was it was very very hot. It was very I can't stress very very was hot. It, was it Disney? <laughs> the, the sun had nothing on the the park that day. Wow. I mean, I could have been living on the sun for all I know. Wow. Um. We had a, a tried some of the food. Um, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I I think the heat was affecting my ability to taste food. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know. Um, and then we did a quick run on uh, Slinky Dog Dash. Cause you got to do that. Yeah. How uh, long was the wait time? Oh, we didn't wait. We had fast passes. Oh, look at you. Yeah. And uh, then we headed over to Baseline Tap House, and that's where we spent the majority of our time. Uh, probably like six or seven o'clock at night. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were there quite a long time. Good long time. Yeah, and uh, we had a couple cocktails. And uh... were you inside? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was worried about you on Saturday. Yeah. I saw the pictures. Like, oh, Tony doesn't look good. Yeah. I showed it to Sid. I said, "How's he look?" And she's like, "Holy crap! Is he okay?" Yeah. We need to check on him. I'm like, he's surrounded by people. What can we do? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. uh, it was uh, yeah, it was hot. So yeah, so we headed over there because. I guess we were there only an hour or so into the meet, and uh, everybody was just, well, I was soaking wet, and I was like, well, let's go to an air-conditioned place. That is a that is really a down a down tick for that section yeah. of the park. Yeah. But here's the thing. There were not a lot of places really in the studios. I mean, all the quick service, or most of the quick service, except for the commissary, is outside. Right. So you really can't say, well, let me go over to, you know, sunset and uh you know go to the quick service and get some air because they're all outdoors it's too. All, everything's outside and then even the backstage you know there is a certain small part that's right. inside right. and then the rest is outside right so they need some places with air conditioning i know that they're they're theming it after a california park and that yeah. that totally makes sense on paper right but in california they don't have humidity to the degree that we do right it's it's a full contact sport here in florida yeah so 
you know, all of that, all of that needed to be thought through. And I, I think, that, didn't you say there's not a lot of trees and stuff over there? No, no. I mean, not, not like they planted trees and they're waiting for them to grow. There's just not trees. No, there's maybe a few trees. Ugh, that's brutal. Most of the rest is just shrubbery and greenery oh, and, and you know, land stuff that'll yeah. grow out. But yeah, there's no trees that'll go grow and shade things. Right. You know, unless plastic starts growing trees. Well, because a lot of the bark is plastic. They're going to be saving some plastic here. Maybe they can plant yeah. it, see if a plastic tree will grow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it may get uh, a little better, you know, once Star Wars open, because then that other end uh, will open up and let some people through that way. You know, because it does bottleneck right, yeah. right in the middle there um, a little bit when it gets busy. Uh, or the Green Army men are doing their little march from one end to the other. Right. Uh, that bottlenecks things because, you know, the cast members are moving everybody to the side. There's really no side to move to, you know, when it's crowded. <laughs> That's horrible. So, I, I mean, I still like it back there. Listen, if they allowed me, I, I would pitch a tent and I would live there. Well, Except you'd be sweating your brains out the whole time. Wouldn't that be slightly my, a problem? My my tent would have to have air conditioning. If they'd let me do that. <laughs> dreaming, buddy. <laughs> if they let dreaming. me plug in. <laughs> you think they have electricity out there for you? <laughs> There's got to be a couple outlets uh, buried in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll see. You know. Uh, but yeah, it was good to see everybody. Uh, uh, Dan uh, showed up. Uh, he's a, a new guy. Kind of lives here. Kind of doesn't live here. Um, he's got like a vacation house that he comes down to. He so like time. a snowbird, but not. Yeah, like a snowbird, but not. Fair enough. Uh, uh, Julia, uh, that uh, Julie that moved down here recently. Unfortunately, she got whacked by a tourist. Her first week. She got what by a tourist? Whacked by a tourist. Her car got destroyed. Oh, jeez. Had to go out and get a new car. Um. That was good. Uh, Kara and Gary shows up, showed up. Saw uh, that. Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer yep. was there. Jennifer. Jennifer came. Yep, Jennifer nice. came. She brought a gift. I, I forgot to bring that up. I'll bring oh, that up next week. How dare you. Um, who else came? Uh, oh, uh, and then friends of uh, Al, John, and Kristen came. Uh, Tiki Room, Jason, and I want it. Jason and I can't think of Jason's girlfriend, wife's name. I can't think. I got nothing. Yeah. And then at the end, uh, Kathy and Jackie showed up. Good for so. them. So. Good for them. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so we cool. Had fun. We had a good, good time. Good time. Did, didn't do a lot Disney this weekend. No. Uh, I did go to Terralina. Okay. Yeah. How was that? You know... Uh, it was. What would you uh, compare it to? Give us a. a, a oh, jeez. Trattoria Forno, uh, El Molino, mm. Ravello, uh, uh, Via Napoli, Tutta Gusta, Tutta Italia. Uh, I've never eaten a Tutta Italia. Uh, I know, right? It's crazy. I've eaten a Tutta Gusto, but I've not eaten a Tutta Italia. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of any other Italian places. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere Tony's near. Tony's a, a restaurant in the Mexican Kingdom. It's better than that, but <laughs> then again, Chef Boyardee. Anyway, um, it's not bad. Everything was was homemade. Okay. Um, I will say this, and okay. for those of you who are not watching, please forgive me because this is this is really a video. Uh, tonight is is really video. Um. I will say from zero to Ravello, it's a solid seven. 
Hmm. Uh, and I know that goes against what other podcast brethren of mine feel about the place. Mm-hmm. But um, here's the thing. We had uh, an appetizer called the Antipasti Tower. Oh, nice. And I'm not sure. It's going to take me a second to find it. On yep, the... right there. Right there? Yep. That's two stories of Antipasti. Good. Unbelievable. It truly is that for one. That's for four, <laughs> but there were more than four of us there, and it uh, it was truly amazing. Wow. Um, they had olives and different meats and pickled vegetables. It it was really really good. Uh, everybody ordered kind of a different uh main dish. Mm. Uh, I can't remember what ours was called, but it was uh. Uh, oh, it was rigatoni, uh, and it was a, it was a sauce. It was uh, it was like a sausage in olive oil, um, like a pomodoro, something like that. But not there was no tomato sauce in it. Uh, and then uh, one of us ordered like a, a straight pasta and red sauce dish with something else in it, and didn't like it. And then uh, they got what we all wanted was gnocchi. The gnocchi was oh. pretty good. Uh-huh. It was a little on the mushy side, but it's potato. So, mm. uh, but overall the dishes were pretty good. The service was uh, excellent. Our waitress was really, really good. Um, we tried the wines. Um, Does they, it not stink up the place now that now that it's been refurbished? As yeah, hard I would, of course, you know, other people, you're, you know, again, your, your, um, mileage may vary, but I thought it was really, really good. I would probably rather go there then um Trattoria. Yeah. Alforno. Hmm. Probably. But it's a different type of it's this is more Americanized. Uh, you know, but it's not bad. The flavor is really good. Yeah. They had their tear and share uh bread was amazing. Better than Maria and Enzo's? Everything's better than Maria and Enzo's. My <laughs> flip flops better than Maria and Enzo's. And and nothing against the Patina group. Which is mm. crazy because if I'm... It's like a patina at one end and Levi at the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing against patina group. But the funny thing is, is Edison, Maria and Enzo's, and Enzo's Hideaway, don't they all share a kitchen? Yes. And Maria and Enzo's was a horrible experience mm-hmm. several times. Mm-hmm. Edison has never been a bad experience. Yeah. And uh, I haven't really had a bad experience with Enzo's Hideaway. Mm. So I... And I've had cooked dishes... Yeah. In all of those places. And right. I don't understand why Maria and Enzo's has been consistently a bad experience. Yeah. Um, but uh-huh. it's far, it's much better than Maria and Enzo's. Okay. The atmosphere is way better. It still has that new wood smell. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's worth a visit. It really is worth a visit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the best part about that place, honestly, and I'll be done. Okay. Is they have an outside bar. Oh, all right. That yes. it's a nice big circle, and there's there's one whole half of it is lowered, hmm. so you can eat for uh like handicapped people can just roll up mm. and just, but if there's no handicapped people there, you literally could just pull a chair up and eat, and it's normal height. Oh wow! At the bar, that is nice. Uh, and when the sun goes down, that bar is nice. It's got a lot of outdoor seating, and uh, it's it's going to become a a haunt, I think, yeah. once it cools down a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't do anything Disney this weekend. Yeah. Uh, after the meetup, Al John Christensen and I went to Wicks. That was not our first choice. Yeah. We we went to Disney Springs, 
And every restaurant we went to was a two-hour wait. Get out. Uh, started at Arts. Then we went to Marimoto. Then we went to Raglan Road. Then we went to Frontera. You and then we left. You didn't try the pig, though. No. See. Yeah. Pig always has room for you. <laughs> uh, but a two-hour wait, I was like, yeah, no, thank you. You should have just walked in and said, do you not know who I am? <laughs> I'm the podcast co-host with John Donahue. <laughs> And they would have been like, oh, Mr. Donahue's friend. Come. I'm kidding. Yeah, I I'm, probably should have pulled that. I'm kidding. Is, Pat, is Patrick here? I'm Tony. I'm yeah. John's online wife, and you would know exactly who I'm so talking about. So we went about. to Rick's Sports and Grill at the Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Put a whole bunch of tables for seating, obviously, because it's a restaurant now. It's not a lounge. Great. Uh, I had, uh, what did I have? I had the uh, French dip. And I the had French the at the Rix. Uh and then I had guac and chips uh, as my appetizer, and both were very good. Sexy, very sexy. It's How, not plancha guacamole. Say, was it plancha guacamole? <laughs> not plancha guacamole. Well, nothing it was more is. like chipotle uh, guacamole. That's not so bad. But very nice. Server was very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they still kept some of the TVs uh, on the wall because it is Rick's Sports Bar and Grill. Um, yeah. Uh, but the food was really good. Nice. And I'm thinking to myself. Uh, there weren't a lot of people in there. Well, uh, there there's construction a, in the front. There weren't a lot of people in there. There was barely anybody in the pepper market. And I can't imagine what was happening at the Maya Grill. Well, let me ask you this question. Yeah. How bad was the construction to get in and out of that resort? The parking's a little weird because you have to follow these signs now because the parking used to be like right in front by right. the Porta Cachere. Oh, no, there's a building in the way. Well, it is in the front, but now it's behind this construction. So mm. you have to kind of go around. To mm. get to the new parking area. Nice. And that's allegedly only for guest check-in. But we all parked there because... There's no other cl- place to park. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know where else to go. Uh, I saw a spot, I pulled in. Um, but yeah, and I assume that's why they're giving the rooms away this uh, this fall for 179 there. Uh, giving them away. Jeez. 179 That's a, Well, they used I, to be 149 on yeah, the off season. Right. So 179 is now still a steal, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, as long as you don't mind being self-contained cuz that walk is still atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this. If you if you go there, listen, I liked Ricks and the Mayan it's okay. It's not horrible. Yeah. It's not plancha. Yeah, it's not plancha. But it's certainly off the beaten path a little bit. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Certainly less of a crowd. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a little quiet time, mm-hmm. you can hear yourself think. Then these are the places to go. I will say this. When there is not something major going on at the ESPN zone, mm-hmm. like cheerleading or dance team conferences, right. you are correct. Yeah. When those groups are there, you can't even hear yourself think. Right. Because it's wall to wall, and all the adults are trying to get away, and all the kids are left to roam about in caravans of yeah. gangs. Uh, but when that tower opens, oh yeah, that well, place gonna is going to be a hot spot. Yeah. Well, you got to remember they're building two more places: the place out in the lake that we spoke about last week, yeah. and then there's allegedly a restaurant going on the 16th floor. That's going to be amazing. So I'm looking for that. Yeah, <laughs> because I know that's going to be like California Grill flying fishes. Yeah, you know it's going to be yeah. high end. It's going to have a nice view, I think, of the Epcot fireworks come up right. there too. Right. So it might be something to look forward to. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, after that, 
That was it. That ended my uh, my Disney uh, weekend. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get into it? Uh, nope. All right, my friends. Well, there's nothing else we can do. Same with us now. Then get into the news. And now, Disney Parks Podcast News. We know that coming to Walt Disney World can be very overwhelming with all the fast passes, the dining reservations, even getting from attraction to attraction can be extremely overwhelming. But we've got a friend that can help you make your next trip to Walt Disney World even more magical. It's Ramon and Theme Park Concierges. You can visit themeparkconcierges.com or call them at 407-257-9973. Ramon and his amazing team of VIP concierges will take care of you from the moment you arrive at the park until the moment you go back to your resort. They can take care of you for a four-hour time slot or a full day. It all depends on what you need. They can take care of your dining reservations, your fast passes, and even make sure that you find even more magic hidden in the Disney parks. Well, contact our friends, themeparkconcierges.com, or call 407-257-9973 and tell them your friends over at the Disney Parks Podcast sent you. Well, all right. We can't put it off any longer, folks. We're going to have to have the talk. Disney expands environmental commitment by reducing plastic waste. Uh, Disney announced that the next step in its commitment to the environmental stewardship uh by saying that by 2019, the company will eliminate single-use straws and plastic stirs at all owned and operated locations across the globe, amounting, this is this will blow your mind, to a reduction of more than 175 million straws and 13 million stirs annually. Wait, they're getting rid of the stirs too? Yeah. So now, no just more, like the little coffee ones? No more or... contemporary resort plastic oh. stirs. Uh-oh. Now we got to go start getting That's some. right. We have to go. Uh, Disney also shared additional plans to reduce plastic waste across its businesses over the next few years by transitioning to refillable in-room amenities in Disney hotels and on cruise ships. Uh, reducing the number of plastic shopping bags in its parks. We'll see how that works out. And on Disney Cruise Line and by completing its work to eliminate polystyrene cups across all of its global owned and operated businesses. In addition to its long-term effort to produce single-use plastics, the company will continue to recycle and responsibly dispose single-use waste that cannot be eliminated. (laughs) And a quote, uh, Disney has always been inspired by nature and it is uniquely powerful brand that inspires, educates, and entertains all at the same time, said Dr. M. Uh, Sanjian, uh, CEO of Conservation International. Uh, this announcement is more than about reducing single-use plastic waste. It's also about showing millions of kids and adults from around the world the many ways we can change our daily habits to care for the oceans and protect nature that sustains all of us. <laughs> Hang on. It also builds. I love you, Disney. It also builds on Disney's longstanding commitment to conservation and environmental stewardship, a legacy that stretches from the highlands of Peru to the islands of the South Pacific. Conservation isn't just the business of a few people, it's a matter that concerns us all, 
said Walt Disney. And the company's commitment to environmental stewardship today is as strong as it was when Walt spoke these words. To learn more about the Walt Disney Conservation's long-term sustainability goals and commitment to the environment, you can visit the WaltDisneyCompany.com slash environment. Okay, so our friends in the chat room have an interesting point. Do they now? Uh, we're going to start with uh, Marcina, who says they're getting rid of all the plastic straws and bags, but... They're bringing in Ziploc as a sponsor and handing out little plastic bags. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> uh, gosh. Listen, I'm all for the reduction, but I want to know how I'm going to drink my Frappuccino or my uh, my milkshake or whatever. You know, 50s prime time, how am I going to drink my peanut butter and jelly milkshake with a paper straw? It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Got to figure it Are out. Are they going to give me a stainless steel one? You're going to have to figure it out. I don't know where the hell no, it's been. No, no. You're forgetting who we're talking about here, kids. Yeah. Come on. Disney is going to have premium lines of straws that are reusable that you can purchase. Or they'll give you a surcharge to alleviate the carbon emissions mm. for recycling those plastic straws. Disney's got a way to figure it out. And they'll monetize this. Yeah. That's what Disney does best. Disney sees a problem, does something to fix the problem, and, and then monetizes and it. And then slaps a price tag on it. That's right. That's what Disney will do. Um, you know, the the whole idea behind the plastic straws, you know, that's great. I, I get it. I certainly get it on the cruise ships. I'm a big fan of the idea of not having plastic straws on cruise ships, especially considering if you, if you get a cocktail – Every every cocktail you order, or multiple cocktails you order, order has a half size straw in it. Yeah, they all do. Right. So doing away with that is not a bad idea because straws will fly out of the drink and into the water. I get that. That makes total sense. You're start, you're talking about getting rid of plastic straws with the amount of other plastics and stuff in the parks. Yeah. You know, let plastic alone plastic cups, plastic uh, right. silverware, plastic uh, lids. Yeah, and the thing is, so funny is, is Starbucks just went through this, yeah. and they they redesigned their plastic lids, you know, because they wanted to conserve plastic and all that good stuff. But the problem is with those lids. Have you heard about this? No. There's more plastic in those plastic lids than in the plastic lid and straw combination. Mm. So Corey's saying uh, in Seattle they have the biodegradable straws. Does that mean it's going to biodegrade in my milkshake? Yes. Yes, it will. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Listen, we could uh, beat this to death with a plastic bag, but let's move on. Put a plastic bag around it at least. Yeah. Take it out back. Take it out back. <laughs> <laughs> take, it li- take it out like old yeller? Yeah. <laughs> Put two in a basement skull? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. All right. That's horrible. Uh, all right. Shanghai is getting something very interesting. Plastic straws? Yes. They're getting the straws that we don't want. Awesome. Shanghai is launching a new half-year pass, providing guests with six months of magical experiences. So this is, I think, interesting because I was thinking about this. Well, if you're a snowbird, you don't need an annual pass. You need a six-month pass because that's probably all you're here for, maybe even less. So I'm thinking this may be great in Disney World, you know. If they did a nine-month pass at Disney World, I'd sign up for it. You just don't want the summer. June, July, and August. Yeah. Half of May. Yeah. Half of May, yeah. June, July, yeah. half of August. 
Done. Doing it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm doing the after dark ticket. <laughs> <laughs> after this weekend, that doesn't yeah. shock me. Yeah. Uh, Shanghai Disney uh, announced that they're going to launch an all new Shanghai Disneyland half year pass set to go on sale August 2nd. This brand new product provides a tremendous value for guests, allowing them to enjoy all the resort has planned for this year's special summer events and entertainment all the way through the Chinese New Year. The resort also announced special renewal offers and bonus park entries for current and previous seasonal pass holders who can now purchase their pass as early as July 23rd. Mm. The 2018 Half Pass, I love the way they're calling this a Half Pass, Half Year Pass, will be available for public purchase beginning August 2nd and will be valid for multiple entries by the same guests from August 2nd all the way through February 4th. Standard, child, senior, and disabled passes, and we don't have two of those four Mm-mm. here, Mm-mm. so very interesting, will be offered at all three tiers. A weekday, which is valid for admission on weekdays, excluding October 1st to the 5th, December 31st, and January 1st, but not including working weekends of September 29th through the 30th and December 29th and 28th. So they made it very easy to very complicated in one sentence. Oh, wow. Look, it's Disney. (laughs) Uh, The Any Day... (gasps) Any day. Which grants pass holders access to the park on any day through February 4th, excluding October 1st through the 7th, and Sunday, which allows pass... Don't get in all that's crazy. Uh, which allows pass holder park access on any Sunday. Any Sunday. Excluding October 7th and December 30th. Oh. Current and previous Shanghai Disneyland seasonal pass holders will not... Uh, will be able to... Enjoy early access to the purchase of the new 2018 Half Pass at a discounted rate from July 23rd through August 1st. Current and previous season pass holders can enjoy a special discounted price on the new Half Half Year Pass pass uh, via the resort's official WeChat account and the official Shanghai Disney Resort Fliggy flagship store. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's the Shanghai Disney Resort flagship. With entry valid as early. What is a fliggy flagship? You tell out of me, but it's funny to say. Fliggy, 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 fliggy flagship. I, I thought it was a, uh, an error, but I got it directly off their site. Wow. Uh,. I don't think we need to go into the rest of this. I God, really no. There's yeah. so much more to this. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's rules. There's blackout dates. Uh, it's good at uh, uh, Downtown Disney. They'll have special offers. Uh, it's uh, You'll get discount tickets for the uh, Beauty and the Beast show <gasps> at their special theater. Yay. Um, so it's an interesting concept. I would like to, first of all, uh, I would like to see this come here because I think it would be great for our snowbirds. And I would like to see where was it? Uh, I would like to see this senior ticket and this disabled ticket, because I had a friend who used to bring uh, her mother, who was blind, deaf, and in a wheelchair and could not ride anything. Period. End of story. They just brought her to the park to be with the grandkids, mm-hmm. and one of the grandkids would like sit with grandma, and the rest of her family would go ride. And then they'd swap, and, and, and then that person would go right. Right. But Disney would charge him a full-price adult ticket. Jeez. And 
the reason uh, guest relations are you ready for this? Well, she can enjoy the shows and the parades. She's deaf and blind and in a wheelchair. How would she enjoy those? She can feel the pavement as it burns her hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So I would love to see these two, the senior and the disabled. Yeah, I was, I was watching a thread somewhere on Facebook this weekend, and they were talking about seniors' passes, and I think that that makes sense. The, sure. only, prob the only problem is this. If, if Walt Disney World was not in Florida, Senior mm. Pass makes a great, great idea. But we live in Florida. Most people who live in Florida are seniors. Yeah. So while I understand the concept, I, I think there's a flaw in the, in the process because, you know, there's so many people who come to Florida to retire. Right. You know, that, that would be a little bit of a problem. Um, the funny thing is, is Brian in our chat room says, does the half path, half year pass yeah. get in his <laughs> handoff from the quarter pass? <laughs> it's only good from the quarter pass on. Until <laughs> it gets hit by the full pass. Not for the half pass, only from the quarter pass. And you, and you get a, and you get a touchdown and you can do the fliggity fliggity flagship yeah. shuffle. You go to the fliggity <laughs> store. Uh, I think that something, I think Disney had the right idea. Mm hmm uh, with the tier system here in Walt Disney World, looking yeah. at what they're doing at other parks around the world, yeah. there are aspects I think that that Disney could benefit the the guest experience by shifting to. But like one of the people in the chat room said, it's becoming very. It would be very complicated. You know, I like the idea. I mean, we already have the after four pass, yeah. the mm -hmm. water parks pass, yeah. the. Epcot after four pass. We yeah. have all these different versions. Uh, I think there's a weekend pass. Yeah, there's probably a weekend pass. But the pass that I have, you know, you've got blackout dates, but mm. most of the blackout dates are in the summer. That's why we don't have, yeah. we don't feel like paying the extra 20 bucks a month each right. for the privilege of not going in the summer. Right. So it boots me out of a couple things every now and then, but that's, you know, yeah. you know, right. anywho, uh, hey, last week we had a trivia question, and it was in 1923, Walt and Roy had a small studio on mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. street in California until moving to a larger studio? Was that Bad Street, Atlanta, GA? No. Oh, okay. The correct answer was Kingswell Avenue, Ooh. and then they moved to Hyperion. Nice. So that's uh, And they were only paying $10 a month rent at Kingswell. I wonder what that would be in today's dollars. Oh, probably $10,000 billion. <laughs> uh, hey, Ron, you are the winner. Uh, we sent you an email. If you can send us your address, we'll mail you something. Sweet. And then we can say it's in the mail, but right now it's not. All right, this week's question. Okay. You ready? In what year did Disneyland officially retire tickets, ticket books from use? You know, the A, B, C, D, yeah. E. Mm -hmm. 19... 23. 54. No. <laughs> Dang it. No. I never get those questions I will right. tell you this, though. Go to uh, YouTube, and D23 put out a video of Mr. Tony Baxter, who collects. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Ticket medium. Yeah. And he's got 10 volumes. I'm assuming one for each decade. And he had some very rare items. I'm sure he does. In his collection. Must be very nice. access very is everything. Nice. Yes. Yep. 
Uh, so, if, Mr. Baxter, if you'd like to come on and share that with us. Just come on the show. Yeah. We'd love to have yeah, you. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to have you on the show. But no crap. You can bring your ticket books with you. Sure. We, we won't that's, mind. That's probably not what I'll want to talk about, but I'd love to have you talk yeah. about your ticket booth. Yeah. Uh, if you know the correct answer, go to email us at DisneyParksPodcast at gmail.com and yep. send us the correct answer. Well, for those of you who did not know, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we do a live show just for our Patreons. And uh, Patreons are people who love what we do and want to support us uh, by donating X amount of dollars every month. And when you do that... You get a laundry list of awesome perks and rewards. You can go find out more information at patreon.com slash Disney Parks Podcast. And one of the things we do every Monday night that we record, we do a live show just for you guys. And uh, we do that as well as some other things. We do free uh, content shows with no advertising. Uh, we do a lot of other things there as well. So, uh, go to patreon.com slash Disney Parks Podcast, and you could be one of the cool kids like <sighs> James, Ernie, David, Dustin, Corey, Sam, Jennifer, Ross, Ron, Willie, Michael, Cat, Don, Mike, Katie, Eva, and Katie. Man, I can't, I don't, it's a lot of people. Man. So we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for being Patreons. Thank you for supporting what we do here. And uh, we are working really hard every week to try to earn uh, your patronage. Keep it up, guys. Sounds good. So, Edna Mode and the Pope Mobile, right? Oh, yeah. Big fan of that, right? I am. Uh, if you would like to learn how to draw Edna Mode, uh, you'll have to go all the way over to the Animation Academy at Disney California Adventure Park. Uh, if you've ever wondered how Disney and Pixar characters are brought to life on the screen, uh, Disney's Animation Academy at California Adventure Park offers guests a hands-on experience. We used to have something like that over here, too, didn't we? Yes. Hmm. Now it's Star Wars. I I hope once they finish the thing, they'll move that over there, and that'll go back to what it was. Right. That That's my hope and prayers. I I hope they do as well. I, I have a sneaky suspicion they're not gonna, but, you know... Uh, presented by a Disney artiste, you'll receive step-by-step -step instructions on how to create your very own character sketch. To celebrate Pixar Fest at the Disneyland Resort, uh, there's a video available that you can see that specific artist creating Edna Mode from The Incredibles. I'm sure there's a laundry list of characters that you can choose from. We used to have pretty much all, and we did a vote. Mm. Like with Mickey or Stitch or Dumbo. Yeah, I'm not sure how theirs works. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Animation, animation, animation. I can't speak English today. <laughs> animation Academy is a super fun for the all ages experience. Uh, to add to the fun, you can take home your masterpiece as a souvenir. Even before it's uh, even better. Sorry, cannot read either. Even better, it's located in the relaxing, cool Disney Animation Building. A great place to escape the heat. Man, they just stole our idea and took it out west. Uh, drawing classes occur every 30 minutes. I'm telling you, it's the same thing. Attractions, entertainment, and offerings are always subject to change without notice. So it was called the Animation um, Courtyard. Yes. And it was the Animators Academy, right? That's right. That's what it was called. Mm -hmm. We would go in, and I think on 20 or 30 of us, and there was a piece of paper and a pencil. Yeah. And uh, we went in, and we and learned how to drive Mickey. Yeah, we learned how to draw Mickey or 
I think one time I went in and had to draw uh, 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 Jiminy Cricket. That I, was. I drew Pooh once and left it. It's such a terrible picture. Winnie the Pooh? Or... Yeah. Okay. Well, well be... it looks like Pooh. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm up. Me? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all you okay. got. All right. Uh, Disney is now. I think this is going to be patent number 18. That Patent number 18? Patent number 18. Thousand? That they are possibly putting in uh, Star Wars land. Who knows? Okay. We don't know what we don't know. Well, from what I read, there's 17 what they think are going to be used in Star Wars. This will be patent number 18. All righty. Patent number 18. Come on down. Uh, they're developing a flexible speaker that can be hidden in themed objects in the park. <laughs> A recent patent filing showing that Disney is developing flexible speakers that can be hidden in a variety of objects. Typically, speakers are rigid and have a fixed size and shape that limits the, you know, the possible theming of speakers in different places. The new kind of speaker developed by Disney is flexible so that it can be placed in a variety of locations. For example, the patent shows the speaker embedded in a table or be bent to be fitted around a curved portion of a wall. Okay. I'm thinking these would be great for my house, too. Yeah, totally. You know, my car. Right. Anyway, to achieve the radical redesign of speakers, Disney is researching electrostatic loudspeaker technology, also known as ESL. Hmm. This technology was extensively researched in the mid-20th century, but as of today, ESL technology still is not widely used due to restrictions with the technology. wonder what the restrictions are. Probably the sound and volume, I would yeah. think, and depth of bass. Yeah, weird. You know. right. uh, Disney's patent will take this technology and build it into objects in a themed environment for a greater immersion. <laughs> that's the word that's always associated with Star Wars Land. Yes. Based on the timing and the patent and the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, it makes sense that we could see this technology in the new land. So just another great fail point for you, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> this technology will make it so that noise could come from anywhere in the land without visible speakers to help create a greater immersion. Can you do the Darth Vader thing? Welcome to the bathroom. I'm the toilet seat. Put me down, little Kenny. I am soap. Use it to wash your hands. <laughs> can you imagine yeah like you're standing what would be worse right. oh dude you could be lying in bed and then right over your head it's a time to wake up annie wake up so my here's my whole angst uh i'm reading all of this stuff that's coming out uh that they're building new technology new ways to do this and lightsabers and It's not all going to work. It can't. It's There's too many moving parts and pieces right. in my mind. Right. Uh, from a technical infrastructure. Right. You know. Here's, okay, my two cents, if you cared. Sure. I'll care. What made Star Wars and Empire and Jedi so great was mm -hmm. the fact that, for the most part, 
it was it was very practical. And by practical, I mean real. Yeah. You know, yes, there were some special effects that made it look like the land speeder was going. And yes, they were using special effects to make the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters fly. But outside of that, outside of the lightsabers, which we have ways of getting around the lightsabers now, mm-hmm. everything else felt pretty legitimately real and even when you go now and you see captain phasma or you see the stormtroopers they have the speakers built in there's no reason to be having all of this crazy stuff Mm -hmm. because like you said they can't keep two brand new attractions running at the same time in toy story land so all these little cool little technology things that are great which if you're the first thousand people that stay in the resort it'll be amazing yeah. if the kinks are all worked out sure but give it a year give it two years give it five years once the technology starts breaking down yeah it won't be as good versus just build a resort like we want yeah. build most Eisley cantina mm. and you walk in there and it's literally just a bar and it's a bunch of people wearing foam pieces and you're piping the music in, but it sounds like they're playing the cantina song or whatever the right. heck song you want to play and then have people walking around in outfits and then have a, the nice crisp, clean place that you walk into. That's mm-hmm. got the stormtroopers walking by and right. periodically Darth Vader walks through and scares the piss out of everybody. And yeah. you know, you get in your thing and a rebel comes sneaking into your hallway and it's all practical and just make it, make it something that you can, that's immersive and, yeah. and you're not relying on technology to make your imagination work. Yeah. The thing is, is once this technology goes away, that the immersion disappears. And that's yeah. my fear. Yeah. Just make it something that would be fun for people to yeah. do, independent of all the bells and whistles. Right. And Disney's, Disney's, we don't go to Wilderness Lodge because it's technologically the most advanced place on the planet. Right. We go there because it's just great. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's big fake pillars of wood, mm-hmm. big fake towers, right. big fireplace yeah. a fake bubbling brook that comes up through the floor magically and then scrolls on all, all the way down to the yeah. pool that's what we love or the illusion that it scrolls down to. correct yeah. that's just me yeah i agree i agree uh all right. here's the thing there's no you know like these 17 items that they've filed patents for there's no testing of the longevity of them yeah they and, can't and for Disney, it's three, six, five, eighteen hours a day. That's a long time to keep something up and running. Well, the scary thing about it is, think about the people who are Harry Potter type fans. Yeah, they're not going to be eighteen hours a day. You're only in the hotel for three days, right? Or whatever the whole deal is, like yeah. a three day experience, two day experience. If I were eighteen to twenty five, I'd be twenty four seven to get get a three-day full-on experience, I would expect there to be aliens walking around at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'd expect it. No, dare I say, I would demand it. Mm. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm, speaking of Star Wars, has announced the cast for Star Wars Episode Nine. Why don't they just go ahead and use numbers? Because yeah. Roman numerals are complicated. Uh, you have to think. <laughs> unreleased footage of Carrie Fisher will be used. To complete Leia's story. Bravo. Help, help us all. Yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm has announced the cast for Star Wars Episode Eight, and there's a couple of names on there that might surprise you. 
Uh, a very good news for fans is Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, or General Leia now, mm. will return in Episode Nine using previously unused footage from The Force Awakens. John Williams is back. I thought the last one was his last I one. I thought it was, too. They keep pulling me back, back in. <laughs> they keep holding his grandkids hostage yeah, is what probably. I hear. Uh, from StarWars.com, it says, Star Wars Episode Nine. Yet again, should be the title. Mm. We'll begin filming in London's Pinewood Studios on August 1st of 2018. J.J. Abrams is back to direct the final installment of the Skywalker saga and to fix all the stuff that Ryan Johnson screwed up. Nope, that's not right. That's just my opinion. Uh, Abrams co-wrote the screenplay with Chris Terrio. Here's the list of cast members. Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver, have to have those two. Right. John Boyega, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. Lupita Nyongo, mm-hmm. Domnal uh, Gleason, I can't say his name yeah. right, Kelly Marie Tran, thank God, mm-hmm. Junus Sutamo, mm-hmm. Chewbacca, right. and Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's Fish daughter. daughter. Joining the cast of Episode 9 are Naomi Aki and Richard E. Grant, who will be joined by veteran Star Wars actors. Mark Hamill. Wow, I'm shocked. Anthony Daniels. I'm shocked. And Billy D. Williams. I'm shocked. Some cold, uh, cold malt liquor. Uh, who replies his role as Lando Calrissian. Now, the cool thing is, is I, I believe at this point, Mark Hamill is going to be a force ghost. Oh, really? He died in the... Spoilers! He died in the last one. Well, did he really? <laughs> We saw him vaporize, he but just, did he really? Maybe he just took a force nap. Yeah, maybe he just you know disappeared. He illuminated, reflection yeah. of Earth. Yeah. And then at the beginning of the next one, be like, psych. <laughs> uh, the role of Leah Organa will once again be played by Carrie Fisher using the previously unreleased footage shot on Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, Abrams said, we desperately loved Carrie. Finding a truly satisfying conclusion to the Star Walker, Star Walker saga Without her eluded us. We uh, were never going to recast or use CG. With the support and blessing from her daughter, we have found a way to honor Carrie's legacy and role as Leah in Episode 9 using unseen footage we shot together in Episode 7. <laughs> Sorry, I had to think about it. Right. Composer John Williams, who scored every chapter of the Star Wars saga since 77 is a new hope. Uh, Star Wars. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, we'll return to a galaxy far, far away. Episode nine release is scheduled for December of 2019. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm it excited. Be, uh, it should be fun. I think it should be great. Hopefully, they don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is a little sad note here, but the attorney who helped Disney purchase all of the Walt Disney World property. Passed away at 91. Yep. So Thomas DeWolf, uh, and I had a chance to uh, hear him speak. Uh, he was on the Epcot 35th anniversary panel with Charles Ridgway. Oh, cool. Who was the marketing guy at the time. And uh, these two guys were talking about, uh, you know, some great Disney history stuff. Right. But anyway, he passed away at 91 on June 27th. DeWolf uh, DeWolf was hired by the Walt Disney Company in the 1960s to form five fake corporations. And I'd love to remember those names. uh, To purchase the land, which is now considered Walt Disney World property. 
The tactic saved the Walt Disney Company massive amounts of money. Rich Force Fog Fogling Song? <laughs> no, Richard Fogel Song. Fogel Song? Okay. A Disney historian and retired uh, from uh, Rollins College professor said if those landowners knew that Disney was assembling land, the landowners might have taken, uh, might have tried to hold out or sell the land for hundreds of thousands of uh, dollars an acre. So that I think that would have been true, and that's what happened with the like the last dozen acres that they tried to purchase. Yeah. It almost cost as much as the rest of the property. Uh, I would have been the one holding out. Yeah. Uh, DeWolf also was intru- instrumental in the creation of Reedy Creek Improvement District hmm. as he drafted the initial legislation that helped establish it. The Reedy Creek Improvement uh, District, if you don't know, governs over the land uh, that Walt Disney World Resort sits on. It's also the govern- go- governing body that, yeah. that makes all the laws in Walt Disney World. Uh in his initial draft for the creation of Reedy Creek, he also created two municipalities that comprise Walt Disney World property. That's Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista. From 1974 until 2011, DeWolf served as the Reedy Creek on the Reedy Creek Board of Supervisors. All but two years, uh, he served as the president of that board. Wow. Unbelievable. This is a guy I would have loved to ha- have on the show to talk about this stuff. Yeah. You know, it would have been great. It would have been awesomeness. Um, but, you know, yep. that's not going to happen now. Yeah, thanks a lot, my friend. You, yeah. you you created a great place for us. Yep. All right, my friends, that is, uh, that's it for today's show. Correct. Uh, we will be uh, having the second show that will come out. Uh, this one comes out Wednesday. The second one will come out on Friday. Friday. Uh, so make sure you visit the Disney Parks podcast for all that. You can always find us on Facebook. Twitter, well, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Disney Parks Podcast, Twitter at Disney Podcaster, uh, DisneyParksPodcast.com for all of our show archives, blog posts, and links to our amazing sponsors. And if you can't catch us there, then we'll see you in, in the, the parks. parks. The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. All Disney Parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc., are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. Like a boat out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through.